Listening Dog Media. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The offside rule. We get it. With Lindsay Hooper. Hello, it's another Offside Rule podcast. They come thick and fast, don't they? Every Monday we release the Offside Rule. I hope you're enjoying them so far. It's myself, Lindsay Hooper, Kate Borsay. Hello. And also Hayley McQueen. Hello. Uh, remember, you can listen via SoundCloud and iTunes. We do get released every Monday, like I say. We've got a Twitter account, at Offside Rule Pod, and we're also on Facebook, so find us and give us a like if you don't mind. Uh, we have got three great topics coming up. Uh, this is what we're going to be discussing today, a reaction to a recent football topic, the Suarez diving incident. Girls, Brendan Rodgers coming out and criticising Suarez. We're going to talk cheating in football. Uh, the old guard, we're entering the second stage of the Premier League season and managers are going to turn to their more experienced players. So I want you to pick out two two over 30s or 30 and overs who you think will be key in the second half charge. We've got Faker Brothers with a non-league roundup. That's coming up. Uh, Our third topic is always a little bit more jovial. Uh, So we're going to go back page football headlines. I've been promising this one for weeks since your Celtic one. Remind us what that was. Super Caligo Ballistic Celtic are atrocious. <laughs> Yay, I love it. Um, we've, we're going to come up with three more back pages um, that really entertained us and also come up with one of our own. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, a Twitter topic of the week as well and a roundup from La Liga. We welcome Rhiannon Jones to the offside rule fold. Welcome, Rhiannon. The female take on football. So before we get into that, very quickly, girls, we'd like to discuss a few things uh, going on, a few things that have happened since the last podcast. Pep Guardiola going to Bayern Munich. What did you make of that? Very savvy move there from Karl-Heinz Rummenigge. Um, I think the fit at Bayern's great for him. He gets to develop the squad. Watch out for German football, I would say, because it's a lot more similar to English football than Spanish is. And I know that the Spanish respect our football, but we could have a serious rivalry here. German football, I think, is about to 
get a lot more interesting. You say a savvy move by Bayern. I think a savvy move by Pep. Mm. He is going to have guaranteed stability. He's signed a three-year contract. Also, with a side that's loyal to their management, he will have time to develop. And I think he will really put his own stamp on that team. It was quite a good fit. Yeah, we know the way that the press, of course, kind of will really criticise and scrutinise anybody who messes up at any point. Had he have come to the Premier League off the back of Barcelona, all eyes on him for every single little move. The German press is not like that. I was with um, Owen Hargreaves at the FA 150th anniversary launch at the day that it was announced that Pep was taking over at Bayern. Of course, uh, Owen Hargreaves, I might say who is he, but he was a former footballer who played for <laughs> Manchester United, Manchester City, uh, just for his own team now, Owen Hargreaves FC um, in his back garden. Um, and yeah, he of course was at Bayern Munich and said he thinks it's a really good fit there. So good luck to him. And maybe when his three-year contract runs out, if he does stay that long, so Alex Ferguson might be leaving United. Mourinho will come in there. Pep will take over at Manchester City. And that's where it all begins. And to sort of back up the point about the Premier League, the other big story that's emerged, Nigel Adkins getting the sack mm. from Southampton. I mean, this is a oh, manager. Gosh. This is a manager that has done back-to-back promotions, got aside from League One into the top flight and he's shown the door. And did you know as well, in the match programme, he was airbrushed mm. out of it, out of the match programme for the game against Everton. I think it's despicable and I think... You know, I don't want to not get behind the new manager, Mauricio uh, Pochettino, but I just think that the way that Adkins has been treated is just a shining example as to why football sometimes is a murky business. Gotcha lot to Pochettino. Who is he, by the way? He's come from <laughs> Espanyol. Uh, he did quite well for them, left them at the foot of the league, though. He's supposed to be really big into developing players. He bought through 12 youth players, so everyone's singing about that. But the fact is he did have to bring those 12 youth players through because the financial problems at Espanyol were such that he had no choice. It's a definitely a risk, definitely a risk taking him on. And Southampton weren't even in the relegation zone at the point that he got sacked. I just didn't understand it. And why do they do this when the programme is going to print? There's a game coming up at the weekend. The timing is always just so wrong. And hearing the new manager in his post-match when it was all translated, I just, I'm just not, Makes I'm not up for that. Mm. Makes you worried. Hi, I'm Paul Merson and you're listening to the Offside Rule podcast. We'll move on straight to topic number one. A reaction to a recent football topic. I told you that Brendan Rodgers this week, we were going to talk about cheating. He came out and criticised Suarez for admitting to diving. So football has many different guises when it comes to cheating. We could talk diving girls, handballs, deliberate fouls. But what famous cheating incidents do we think are the most unforgivable from the past 20 years? You can choose one or two incidents, but we want to keep it brief because we tend to go over. Kate Borsay. Thank you very much, Lindsay Hooper. I'm going to start with the man who denied Republic of Ireland the chance to appear at the World Cup in 2010, Monsieur Thierry Henry, in that decisive match where France were playing Republic of Ireland uh, and his handball uh, led to William Gallas getting the equaliser that gave France a 2-1 aggregate win, broke Irish hearts in Paris. Afterwards, as if that wasn't bad enough, he came out and freely admitted it. A man for it, for admitting it, perhaps, but it didn't uh, didn't help the Republic of Ireland hearts at all. Um, reminiscent, of course, of uh, one of the most famous cheating incidents in all time: Diego Maradona's hand of God 
against England in uh, the World Cup in 1986. Little fact for you there, Glenn Hoddle, I heard recently, couldn't talk about it. Like, not only were they incredibly upset about it on the day and for a little while afterwards, he could not talk about that for weeks and months afterwards. It affected him so badly. Second one I'm going to mention is a bit of a random one here uh, from uh, Gothenburg. Their uh, Danish stopper Kim Christensen uh, cheated. It was found in Swedish league matches. He very handily put his uh, flimsy upright goalposts a little bit closer together than they actually should have been. He would have got away with it had he not tried it uh, earlier in the season in a televised game. He was told to pack it in by the ref and uh, he held his hands up after he was uh, found out on it. But yeah, out- outrageous. The goalkeeper making his goalposts, well, making his actual goal smaller. <laughs> Hayley? That is naughty. Yeah, mine is just to reiterate the point that cheating in football happens every single weekend. From Sunday League football to the kids playing in the park, right up to the Premier League and north of the border in the Highlands as well. A player dramatically throws himself to the ground, rolls about in agony. We've seen it happen. They're (laughs) acting injured. There's an Academy Award just waiting for them up the tunnel. He knows there's nothing wrong with them. He's fooled the referee. Uh, Those without action replays in the stadium and there, some realise he's cheating Others perhaps don't. Afterwards, we all know that, yes, he is cheating. Um, A player fouling opposition, uh, but protests dramatically to the referee that he didn't foul him. Cheating. There's the flip side. You're a player and you haven't been fouled, but you think it could look like you have been fouled. It's easy to see you haven't. But for a moment, you think you can get away with it. You think the referee's back was just turned or he wasn't quite looking your way or that the protests of the opposition are going to go unheard. And you, the player who thinks you've been felt, who's again just lying on the ground, uh, there's absolutely no contact whatsoever and tricks the referee into thinking that you have been cheating. A player who claims a throw or a corner from his team knowing it should go the other way. Everybody does it. Women do it in football as well. I've been known to do it. (laughs) Cheating. Yeah. A man who sleeps with his uh, brother's wife. That is also, by the way, cheating. So there you have it. My other one is a fan cheating a team. Yeah. The power. Not the Phil the Power Taylor. Carl Power, do you remember the story goes shortly after Manchester United published it? Team photo, team photo, yes. The team photo came out in 2001 and the fans started to ask about the identity of a man on the end that they had absolutely no idea who he was. He was appearing uh, with a very well-known lineup in the kit, smartly dressed, Mm -hmm. stood there. Just, you know, going along with it. The players didn't seem to realise that they didn't know who it was. This new signing that they didn't know about, didn't want to ask. Yeah, there was a national manhunt. Um, He was identified as Carl Power, 36-year-old Manchester resident and practical joker, nicknamed Fatneck. It didn't start there. Yeah. Who is he nicknamed Fatneck by? I have no idea, but I'm guessing he wasn't small. Um, Yeah, he'd managed to get in the picture by waiting in the stadium for three hours. And when all the players came, so he knew they were having a team photo taken, just very carefully waited, ran out, just as a photographer, could have possibly even been a John or Matt Peters, the official photographer at Manchester United, certainly weren't going to say to somebody, oh, who is this man on the end? Who just presumed he was one of the players? Um, 
not long after, actually, he dresses in a batsman's helmet during one of the English cricket team's matches and almost made it into the game. And he played a few serves with a friend on centre court at Wimbledon before Tim Henman went out. Fair play, why not? I think this man's a genius. Um, and also, he deserves it. If he's hanging around for three hours, then get in the photo, mate. You're welcome to it. I've got a quick one for you, actually, Linz. Oh, is it Wolves related? It is, it is Wolves related. Catch this. Major Frank Buckley was an innovative manager in many ways, so the reports go, not least for his experimentation with performance-enhancing drugs. This is back in the day, by the way, a long, long time ago. Uh, He was uh, the manager in charge of Wolverhampton Wanderers, also responsible for injecting players with slices of monkey testicles after the Major had tried it himself and felt the benefits. Impressed by improvements in Wolves' form, Portsmouth manager Jack Tin followed suit. A Football League investigation resulted in a declaration that players could use the glands on a voluntary basis, but no one should be ordered to do so against their will. That would explain a few things, wouldn't it? (laughs) The next one is that famous book, Yapstam, and how he annoyed Fergie. I mean, Hayley, you'll know all about this. He admitted that Fergie told players to dive in an attempt to earn penalties in Europe, might I add. I sort of know where Fergie's coming from here with the with the continental thing, but apparently Fergie did say it was fair game on the continent and that players should do it. Of course, that whipped up a storm and there was all the frenzy after the book. Um, but yeah, I, that was my other form of cheating and you must, must read that book if you've not read it already. It's brilliant. Thank you, Waterstones. (laughs) Sponsored by... Hi, this is Kirsty Gallagher and I love the Offside Rule podcast. Topic two, the old guard. So we're going into the second stage of the Premier League season and I want you to select which players aged 30 or over we think are invaluable to different Premier League sides marching forward. You need your old guard either to survive, to get a better placing up the league or even maybe finish in a Champions League spot. But who do you rely on? Who do you rely on, Hayley McQueen? Obviously, following Manchester United, there are all the obvious ones. You have Paul Scholes. You, of course, have Ryan Giggs. You have your Michael Carricks. There are quite a lot of old, experienced heads there. Of course, Giggs completely defied ageing. One of the world's best players, a living legend. Legs just never seem to tire. It wasn't the monkey testicles, was it? (laughs) It's the Pilates, apparently. But as far as I can remember, going back to being a kid in my bedroom at home, me and my sister shared a room, bit of masking tape down the middle, but we had a shared love, at least, for Ryan Giggs. We actually had posters of him. I had a notebook. Do you remember when you used to cover your jotters with wallpaper and brown paper with the sellotape that didn't stick to some of the anaglypta or whatever it was called? Anaglypta? Oh, I might have made that up. <laughs> that that kind of um, wallpaper that sticks out. It's got air behind yeah, it. Yeah, we know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. And I had a jotter. And instead of covering it in some nice, neat wallpaper from the attic or the brown paper from, you know, the, the, the local shop, I had a picture of a cat, a skull and crossbones, new kids on the block, and Ryan Giggs head. Mm. Oh, yes, that summed up my youth. So there, <laughs> And I think Mark Owen was on the back as well. Yeah, so there we go. So there's a, there is Ryan Giggs. So he's been around as long as I can remember. And I mean, I'm well into my 30s. Not quite as old as Ryan Giggs, but I'm of the era that, of course, grew up with him and is still watching him and almost can't believe it. But somebody else I grew up watching a lot of as well is 40-year-old Mark Schwarzer. Mm. When we discuss sort of overage players or ripe players, I guess you could say, in their prime, it's normally involving goalkeepers because they do seem to last that little bit longer. He's played internationally for Australia, uh, racking up the air miles, yet still 
still performing. He played for, I think, over 10 years at Middlesbrough. I think one of the biggest things, mistakes that they made was not keeping hold of Mark Schwarzer and letting him go. But great. Fulham have kind of reaped the benefits of, of Middlesbrough, not making sure that they kept hold of uh, one of their greatest ever. He was to Middlesbrough what I think Schmeichel was to Manchester United. Uh, So I'll go on to mine. Now, there are loads to kind of choose from here. And I just wanted to give a shout out for Frank Lampard because I still, in my heart of hearts, can't believe that he's not been offered a new contract at Chelsea. And when you look at his stats, it just makes it even more unbelievable. He's 34. He finished last season with the second highest average match rating for Chelsea. So he's a but he, you know, everyone knows that he's a big player for them. Um, he scored eight goals in the Premier League this season. That only puts him goals-wise behind Michu, Theo Walcott, and Gareth Bale. So you know, you just you, you can't deny his record. My two, Steven Gerrard. I can't have this discussion without talking Gerrard because I know as a Liverpool fan, he's such an influential man for your team. And when you need to win the FA Cup against West Ham uh, back in 2006, you need a Steven Gerrard. You really do. Um, if you look at um, sort of overall points, and I had a quick look at my fantasy league here. He's third in the fantasy league stats um, in, in terms of his sort of overall rating, minutes played, played goals scored, etc. Um, didn't make too many appearances last season. This season, he seems to be rejuvenated under Brendan Rodgers and Brendan Rodgers has put a lot of emphasis um, on him for this uh, season. He scored six goals, not the highest for a person in his position, but Brendan Rodgers um, is definitely a fan of chucking lots of sort of forward-minded players on the pitch and that's meant that Gerrard's had to sit back a little bit. Assists though, he's an absolute gem when it comes to assists. 11 in the Premier League so far this season, only bettered by Carlos Tevez and equaled by Juan Mata and Eden Hazard. My other player that I want to shout is someone who's had such an interesting career and he's such a stalwart and such a reliable character as well, Grant Holt. I love the way that his career's run and such a motivation for the Norwich players around him as well. Uh, last season, he had a really good season. This season's not started off so well, but last season um, he uh, was kind of mainly used as a sub, but towards uh, the second half of the campaign, so about this time last season, um, he had an amazing run, ended up being voted Player of the Year for the third season in succession inducted into the Norwich City Hall of Fame in March last year. Um, There was even talk of him uh, having an England place under Roy Hodgson for the uh, 2012 uh, Euros. Uh, He went to Norwich City who are in League One and has travelled with Norwich from League One to Championship to Premier League and I think what an amazing character and what a stalwart and someone who I hope will be with Norwich for several years to come. Okay, my first one is Mr. Phil Neville. Stand forward, will you? Captain of Everton. I wonder what Gary Neville's thinking. Yeah, he's got his Monday night football. Yeah, he's got his great career with Sky and he's like, "Mm, yeah, my brother's still playing. Do you know what? I had that very same thought yesterday night when I was watching Southampton play Everton and I actually thought to myself, I wonder how Gary feels about Fizzer still being such an influence in the Premier League and in the game of you know, playing football. So and you I think he's well gel. <laughs> well, gel is my key word here. Because this is it. I, I've chosen him because I think he gels that Everton squad. And I honestly think that David Moyes, he, he doesn't he needs to do half a pep talk at halftime because Phil Neville will do the other half and he'll do it out on the pitch. I love the fact that they extended his contract for another year. I think it goes to show just how important he is to the side. I don't think from a footballing point of view that he's firing on all cylinders anymore but I still think that he is someone
one that is a crucial part of the setup at Everton and will be at Goodison Park for the foreseeable. And I think even when he retires, there will be a role for him there. And I imagine that they will create one and he's just somebody that they need around the place. Um, on to my next one, Kevin Nolan at West Ham. Um, and he's 30, so he comes in age 30 and over. I just got in on the on, on the way that I worded it at the beginning. Um, Kevin Nolan at West... actually changing the, the topic remits to suit yourself? I did on this occasion. Okay, um, so 30 years old, Kevin Nolan, a galvaniser. I'm using all the G words. So we had a Jella in Phil Neville <laughs> and we have a galvaniser in Kevin Nolan. He's a gritty player, isn't he? And he also quite aggressive, but he is that player that will take it to another side. And I think he will be influential in West Ham staying up this season. Um, I really do think in terms of goals as well, he's always got a few in his locker. I'm sure we'll see a few more second half of the season and they could be crucial. I see West Ham, the way that Sam Allardyce has set the team up as well, getting a lot of 1-0 victories that will get them the points and get them along the way and this could be a player that surely gets a few of those goals uh, amongst the next few months so were you going to say something yeah I was just gonna I just thought he was 29 there for a second but he's not he is in his 30s had a bit of an unfortunate situation involving Kevin Nolan not him personally there was message boards apparently I was married to Kevin Nolan 2008 we, we got hitched no he just has a wife called Haley, and somebody got a little bit mixed up because her, her maiden name sounded very similar to mine I think it might have been McLean not McQueen there you have it I see. There you go. I've never even met the guy. So let's take a quick interlude, but I will tease you to come back after the break. I'm learning well. I'm learning from Hayley McQueen. Come back and join us because we're going to have back page headlines. We're making up our own. We're going to have a bit of fun. Just talk about some that have um, entertained us over the years. But first, Faker Others has a roundup of all things (laughs) non-league. Oh, thanks, Lynn's Very kind of you. You've not mentioned the mighty Luton Town getting through to the fifth round of the FA Cup. I am, of course, going to aim to be balanced as uh, always, but Luton were amazing. Get in! And in case you didn't hear me shouting it from the rooftops, the score was Norwich City nil, Luton Town 1. Hero of the hour, Scott Rendell scored with 10 minutes to go. Luton, therefore, becoming the first non-league team since Sutton United back in 1989 to beat top-flight opposition in the FA Cup. Amazing result. However, wasn't to be, unfortunately, for Macclesfield Town, who were also flying the flag for the Blue Square Bet Premier. They lost 1-0 to Wigan, but manager Steve King thought the Premier League side were there for the taking and was very disappointed, said they should have had a penalty in the first half. They dominated the game. Very harsh for them, but a fantastic achievement getting to the fourth round of the competition for the first time in their history in the first place. Right, we need to get back to league matters now, though, and uh, fire through some of this week's transfer news. Darren Byfield has joined Tamworth after being released by AFC Telford. Cambridge United have brought in loan signing Matthew Fletcher. Macclesfield have signed striker Dean McDonald in a free transfer and goalkeeper Joe Anion on loan from Shrewsbury. Ebbsfleet have signed Gareth Gwillem from AFC Wimbledon and Forrest Green have signed Watford defender Dale Bennett on a two and a half year deal. That one is subject to a medical. Stockport County meanwhile have confirmed Darie Kalazic as their new manager, replacing Jim Gannon. Now, more games falling foul of the weather again Check out bluesquarefootball.com or the non-league paper for a list of new fixture dates for all those postponed games. And there'll be more from me next week. Thank you very much, Faye. By the way, Faye was on good form at the uh, 
Christmas party, wasn't she, she I was. thought? She was, yes, she was, old fine. Looking nice with her lacy arms, I like that top. Very. Oh, oh I love a lacy arm. <laughs> I love a lacy arm, me too. She's like Little Red Riding Hood, dashing into the tapas mm. place in, from the snow in her big red yes, jacket, right. looking all sexy as she is. And can I just say, and guys, you should check out the Offside Rule Facebook page for this, but our Russian correspondent, Kate Partridge, when I showed the photos to my friend, my friend said she actually looks Russian. She does. I think it's one of those things. You move to a different country, you look like you're from there. If I moved to Brazil, I'd fit in just fine with my arse. <laughs> right, that's it. I want to, where, where's really good for beach, beach volleyball? <laughs> I want to move there. Sweden. Yeah. Oh, no, Sweden. Sweden yeah. would be a good one, yes. Um, we're going to go on to, then to back page headlines, girlies. Uh, what's taken your fancy over the last few years in terms of entertaining you on that commute, the daily commute into work? We all have a flick through and sometimes these people make us laugh, these sub-headline writers. I might go first on this one and inspire you to go forth. Uh, One of my favourites, I remember this, 1992 in the sun, uh, Swedes 2 turnips 1. Do you remember that famous headline? Uh, Really made me laugh and nothing really I did think was going to make me crack a smile the next day after that England game and the England performance. Disastrous England campaign in Euro 92. Ian Wright was left out of the squad completely. I could never understand that decision by Graham Taylor and I don't think the writers at the sun could either, hence the phrase turnip and he was going he went on to be known as a turnip for the rest of his career and the sub headline was that's your allotment (laughs) brilliant i forgot that bit but yes that is one of my favorites that's number one number two comes from an internet troll by myself but i went through looking at back pages because that was one from memory and this is one that i found and it is brilliant so this is this is on eurosport and it was on in 2001 and it refers to the brazilian defender Argelico Fuchs. Uh, his controversial move to Benfica, um, having left the sworn rivals Porto only a year earlier. And obviously the writer behind this one thought, don't like this move. Fuck's off to Benfica. <laughs> oh, dear. I quite like that, though. But it's sort of, it, obviously, it's a really bad swear word. And my mum's brought me up better than to say that in a podcast. But to have a surname. But it's his surname. Yeah. But to have a surname like Fuchs is just a gift for every sub-editor out there, isn't it? We're going to save our own headlines for the end of this, I think. So which one's that are actually true have you enjoyed? A headline involving two teams and a 5-4 scoreline. Two teams in Scotland. There you have it. Commentators and presenters who read the results have long dreamt of the tongue-twisting East Fife and Forfer if it ended up 5-4. East 5-4, 4-5. It sounds a bit cricket and a bit nonsense, doesn't it? But the result, it did actually happen. I think it featured in an advert once, years gone back. The 1st of January 1964 in the Old Scottish Division 2, East 5-4, 4-5. I think it's brilliant. So it kind of works good when you say it as opposed to being a headline, but they did use it as a big headline as well. Also, um, another from the North West, many moons ago, uh, Egil Ustenstad was taken by Blackburn Rovers from Southampton and briefly appeared at Manchester United as well a little while. Um, in the headlines of the local press, Blackburn poaches egg. <laughs> I like that one. I think that's good. There we go. Fantastic. Kate say.
You reminded me one actually of one that I hadn't thought of before now. Um, when uh, Capello got the push or left by mutual consent, uh, the uh, back page headline, I think it was the mail, was Ari Viderci. Do you remember with the Harry Redknapp link? I liked that at the time. There was another one that I've just suddenly remembered where um, Peter Check had negotiated a pay deal and it was something like Check, Check gets paycheck. <laughs> something like that. Um, so to go into my headlines, um, a couple of them. One of them's really rude, actually, so I'm just going to leave that one out completely and go with a couple of favourites. When uh, David Seaman decided that he wanted to quit Arsenal and join up with Kevin Keegan's Manchester City on a free transfer, and the most funny thing about this story is I read the article attached, um, he was going to have a whopping contract worth 30 grand a week. Wow. Oh, how times have changed. Big bucks. Big bucks indeedy. Uh, anyway, the uh, headline on Sky Sports, no less was Keegan fills Schmeichel's gap with semen. <laughs> and this one wasn't your rude one. <laughs> She's lost it, Hayley McQueen. She's lost it. So naughty. But, I mean, it's, it's factual information just put there. <laughs> She's still loving it. Have you got any more or is that just going to... Just <laughs> stop for us. When City were defeated against Ajax over in Amsterdam, the headline was Man City blown away on Amsterdam grass. <laughs> and my absolutely favourite one of all time. Do you remember when Joe Royal was uh, was manager of Manchester City yeah. and he had Paul Dickoff as a player? Oh no! Until Royal axes Dickoff. <laughs> Oh dear, yours just all had the same theme going on there, Kate, and now we know what your sense of humour's like, don't we? It's very basic. It's very basic indeed. <laughs> Trumps and burps all the way and a little bit of sexual innuendo. Uh, we're going to go with our own made-up headlines now. You can create a situation, I will give you an example with mine, and then you can follow suit. Um, there's lots of speculation at the moment that Ronaldo may be rejoining Manchester United. Did you hear those rumours, Hayley McQueen? Do you know anything? I don't know anything, but... Here's hoping that one day he does. When Mourinho is in charge of Manchester United, he's going to bring Ronaldo back home. Um, what I did do was invent this situation whereby if Real Madrid did lose Ronaldo, what the local Spanish writers would write as their back page headline in Spain, it would be, do a run, run, run. <laughs> oh, that's like brilliant. Do you like? Do you like? Run, run, run. That's mine. Uh, what have you got? Uh, so I put mine on an, on an actual factual story. I did loads of work for this and then Linz went, oh no, it doesn't have to be a real story. Anyway, um, one of the best named footballers around, David Goodwillie. He's at uh, Blackburn Rovers, of course, at the moment. But there was... <laughs> There's due... a theme here, isn't there? Damn. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just... I'm <laughs> so silly. basic. I'm, I'm, my my, my humour is basic, to be fair. So is my intelligence, but there we go. Uh, so he's at Blackburn. He was supposed to have a loan deal uh, organised to Crystal Palace, but that didn't work out for him. Um, and the... Uh, article that I found in October was basically about him not being able to play any football until um, he gets a move in the January transfer window until January because of his loan spell at Crystal Palace not working out. And my headline for that was scoring can't come soon enough for good Willie. <laughs> Shall we insert some tumbleweed? But I've got, you, you told me it was good when I showed it to you earlier. <laughs> Well, you can maybe have another go after me if you can beat this baby. Actually, this is useless. I didn't quite get the memo that we had to make one up of our own, so I've just been thinking off the top of my head. Um, 
Middlesbrough FC promoted to the Premier League. There's your headline. Yeah, okay. Anyway, (laughs) the tumbleweed is back and rolling around me and whisking me away out of the building. Okay, so I'm thinking, you've got to picture this, so shut your eyes wherever you are, unless you're driving and you're listening to the podcast. Don't do it. Just pull over and listen. Um, Back page, Sir Alex Ferguson pictured shouting and bawling as he sometimes does, so really animated. He's looking towards the right of the paper, looking towards the left, looking very sheepish in his big blanket puffy coat is Arsene Wenger, who's really unhappy about missing out on Wilfred Zaha, even though he pretends he's not and he didn't want him anyway. Manchester United finally get their man and it just reads, Zaha! Like, aha, like in your face, Wenger. That is absolutely useless. And I will not ever get a job for a paper, but there you go. We need something to rescue us, and it's going to come in the form of Twitter Topic of the Week. Um, This is now a weekly feature. Please get involved uh, via the Twitter page, at Offside Rule Pod. Give us a follow. You can get involved. And this week, it's inspired by Karen Carney, who plays football in the WSL, um, a legendary women's footballer who we love. Now, she... Um, speaking of the word legend, posted a tweet this week saying, look at what legend I'm with. Open the picture, Sir Bobby Charlton. Mm. Amazing. It's inspired us to say, who's the biggest footballing legend you've met? Now, I've had some input. Hayley McQueen, listen up. We've got Red Mank 9 who got in touch to say, Brian Robson, I was in the audience for MUTV's Wednesday night at the Red Cafe, which Hayley McQueen once presented. That was brilliant. Oh, <laughs> self-pronounced, but yeah. Um, we've got Rhiannon Jones, who's coming up because she's going to be a La Liga expert from now on, appearing on the podcast every now and again, giving us a roundup of all things Spanish football. And already she's getting involved with Liverpool legend Ian Callaghan before her Real Madrid mm. days. And she tweeted us a picture, so you can go to the website to see that. really good picture, by the way. It's a really yeah. good yeah, picture. It it's very cute. Uh, we'll also go on to Herbert Chapman's bust. Bust of Chapman is his um, Twitter name. Uh, Sir Bobby of Moore, when I was 11. Sadly, the picture is in my mother's house somewhere. Don't you hate that when your mum's got all your favourite pictures and you can't get them back? He also then tweeted back to try and show off. Also, Lee Dixon, Brian Marwood, Yossi Benayoun, Chris Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll go on as well to the No Clash of Colours tweet. We met and photo. I think this is the most impressive one. We met and photographed Pele mm. in 2007 at Bramall Lane, part of Sheffield's 150 <laughs> anniversary <laughs> celebrations. Pele versus Inter Milan. Now, this, this even tops the 100, the, all the figures in the audience at your 150 yeah. year celebration with the FA recently. Pele wasn't there, was he? Uh, Lindsay, I enjoyed that day so much. Now you've ruined it. Thanks. There were lots of other big names in that audience. Uh, Finally, I love this one as well because we love our uh, female footballers and uh, she's a lovely girl. Um, Holly Cockbill said, I met Rachel Unit without even knowing it was her until afterwards. Um, But she must have looked back when she was watching since in the WSL and thought, I know that face. (laughs) She rings a bell. Um, So who have we got who are our very own footballing legends that we've met. Now, I'm going to say and state here that to declare themselves as a legend, it means they must no longer be playing football, Okay, Mm -hmm. Because Ryan Giggs would be one for me, but I'm not going to say that. So mine, I'm going to go with a player I admired very much at his Blackburn and Newcastle days. Um, I actually... Um, met the Alan of the Shearer and I love <laughs> Shearer, Shearer. Um, I loved him and such a great a great goal scorer and he was someone that 
I when he joined Match of the Day, I was really, really excited that he'd gone into punditry because there was much speculation. Of course, he had his stint with Newcastle that he was going to go into management. But I'm really pleased that he doesn't and that he's part of the Match of the Day setup. I really like his opinions. I don't I don't think he's the best pundit in the world, but I just because of how good he was, I'm always really interested in what he's got to say, especially about forwards and the way that striking mm. is changing over the years. Alan Shearer, Mayhem, uh, Sports Personality of the Year, and that would be my legend. I don't have a photo, though. Oh, uh, mine, I've I've been lucky enough to meet a few working at Manchester United. Obviously, I've interviewed Sir Alex quite a bit. I have met uh, Bobby Charlton, but I love Jack Charlton. I was lucky enough to work with Jack. Um, my dad played football, you may or may not know. He played for Leeds. He actually joined Leeds as a natural sort of successor to a Jack Charlton. So my dad was a big centre-half and um, he used to speak about Jack and his football. So I did a little bit of research and what have you over the years. And I used to book him and his commentary positions and I used to take tea up to various gantries when I worked for Borough TV in the North East. And uh, Jack Charlton didn't like sharing his sweets. He was an absolute hero. And I remember plucking up the courage just to sit next to him and take up a cup of tea. And he had these kind of mint humbug things, which he wouldn't use to commentate because, you know, but he liked a bit of a, he liked a sweet, always had a bag of sweets, you know, like your grandparents have travel sweets in the car. And uh, I literally went to take a sweetie and he wouldn't let me have one. And I was absolutely mortified. I know, but he was absolutely lovely. Really, really enjoyed him. I got on and had a lot more sort of free-flowing conversation with him than I ever did Bobby but they're two very different people um, as we know. I haven't met any Stella Stella heroes yet although I might this year because there are a couple of interviews coming up that I'm very excited about that involve ex-Liverpool players Um, but I'm going to go for young Jamie Redknapp just simply because he was my first proper football crush right from the early days and um, we started working with him at Sky Sports and I was just told that I'd be doing an interview with him for a betting show we do and luckily it was sprung on me at the last minute because if it wasn't I would have spent hours the night before prepping not the information of course but my hair my skin and everything else Um, and that was a huge relief because when I met him I was still able to kind of keep it together had I known about it in advance I would have been a gibbering girly mess Uh, We will move on now to uh, La Liga Roundup. It's our foreign correspondent alert, Rhiannon Jones. What have you got for us? Hi, girls. Thanks for having me on the show. This is how La Liga is looking at the time of recording on Friday afternoon. I'll start with the Whites. In the second of three back-to-back clashes against Valencia, Real Madrid enjoyed arguably the best first half seen in La Liga so far this season. With a brace from Di Maria, a brace from Ronaldo and another goal from Higuain, they demolished Valverde's side 5-0 at Mestalla. Three days later, same rival, same stadium and nine-man Real Madrid secured their passage to the Copa del Rey semi-finals. The bad news, of course, is that the game saw goalkeeper and captain Iker Casillas forced from the pitch with a broken thumb, an injury that tends to take up to six weeks to mend. Real Madrid's next Copa del Rey opponents, Barcelona, suffered their first defeat of the league season this week after throwing away a two-goal lead at Real Sociedad. Meanwhile, a thrilling Copa del Rey quarterfinal second leg at La Rosaleda saw them progress to the semi-finals with goals from Pedro Iniesta, Messi and Piquet, who celebrated with a thumb-sucking tribute to Milan, his newborn son, with Shakira. And while Barcelona captain Puyol has signed a contract extension that will see him stay at the club until 2016, shot-stopper Valdés has refused to commit past his current deal, which ends in 2014. 
Now eight points behind Barcelona, Atletico Madrid equaled their best ever winning streak at home in La Liga with their 12th straight victory against Levante, a clash that saw the Rojiblanco star player Falcao pick up a hamstring injury that isn't as serious as previously thought. Plenty of transfer rumours still flying around regarding El Tigre from various European clubs, including Pep Guardiola's next home, Bayern Munich, although the Colombian striker did say this week that his sole focus at the moment is lifting silverware at the Vicente Calderon. Atleti are also through to the Copa del Rey semi-finals. They'll meet Sevilla on Thursday, while the first of three Clásicos awaits on Wednesday at the Santiago Bernabeu. That's it for now from me here in the Spanish capital. Adios, chicas. The female take on football. Okay, folks, so until next Monday, it's bye from us. Uh, Take care for the next seven days. We don't usually tell them to take care. Look after yourselves. And each other. Oh, how lovely. (laughs) Nice sentiment. Bye for now. Bye. The Offside Rule. We get it with Lindsay Hooper.